Welcome to Blurge United, whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Disa, as ever with Yazzie, and we're just a blurred couple, navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. Now, we have a really, really packed day today. We've got Yazzie in a little bit. She's going to be discussing some over and unders. Um, we've got some casting news in various forms on series and movies and uh, lots of stuff shaking up stuff over there. We have um, some interesting little tidbits of news and discussion regarding Steven Spielberg and the Netflix controversy. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has released their score for Captain Marvel, and we will be discussing the implications thereof. Um, but first and foremost, we want, I wanted, I personally wanted to talk about Luke Perry's passing. Um, those of you who know Luke Perry in more recent days will know that he's a, he was a fixture on uh, the, the very popular CW show, Riverdale, um, based off of the Archie comics, obviously. And, but those of us of a certain age will remember Luke Perry most fondly for his work on 90210. Now, I just wanted to be very brief about this because... I don't want it to go on and on and and make it seem like I was the biggest fan of every single thing that he did. But I did want to say, pardon me, that what he did on 90210 in particular, in particular, 90210 was brilliant. He was he was 90% of the reason I watched 90210. Like literally, genuinely. He he always had this demeanor of being sort of above it all. On the show, he seemed, not that he didn't care about the work that he was doing, but just that he seemed like the grown-up amongst all those kids on the show. And while they all played privileged, privileged, overprivileged kids who got too much too early and were trying to figure it all out, Luke Perry played a guy who seemed like he got it. He got it and understood what life was about long before anybody else on the show did as well. And as I found out later on, you know, as I discovered him in, in, uh, in various interviews over the years, it seems as though he wasn't acting that. He, did, he was always sort of a grown-up. And I knew even as a kid that this guy's going to play a great dad when he gets older. He seemed, he seemed to be playing a dad on the show anyway uh, to the rest of the group. Um... I just wanted to say that and say that, you know, I didn't watch Riverdale. I'm I gotta be honest, I didn't watch Riverdale. But if I was gonna watch Riverdale, he was he was gonna be most of the reason why I did. I think that I actually am now gonna get a couple episodes in of that show and um, check it out and see what see what it was all about. Maybe Luke will give me another show just as um as in his passing. Um, to his friends, family, and colleagues, I say to you, to I give you my condolences, um, and I will like to tell you that he will be remembered very, very fondly by all his fans out there for all his work and on and off screen. Um, thank you for listening on that score. Um, look, let's just, speaking of... Um, start and ends of careers and things like that. Let's talk some casting news. Um, casting news away. Um, Morbius. Morbius has cast 
several people on the show. It seems like they're adding more and more. And uh, as far as us blurds should be concerned, they have just cast um, Mr. What More Do You Want From Me? Um, Tyrese. Tyrese Gibson has been cast on Morbius in an undisclosed role. Um, this is interesting. It follows on from Mad Men and Sherlock Star. God, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now on this guy's name, but he was in Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Moriarty. And um, I got to say, uh, the, the casting news, this following on with um, from a former Doctor Who alumni, just sort of, I don't know, like, whether or not you think conceptually Morbius is a good idea, there's no doubting the quality of this cast that they are assembling. They are... This this cast is for real. This is a for real cast. Like we got some award winners, some award nominees, various award winners and nominees from from everywhere from MTV Awards to BAFTAs and on the verge of Oscar nominations. Like we have a hell of a cast, a slowly but surely coming together. And um, look, I'm not gonna lie, Morbius is not something that I was I'm I'm interested in watching. It's not something I'm interested in watching at all. Um. But this cast that they are putting together, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's looking the real deal. It's looking the real deal. And I, I'm, I'm curious as to what they, what, they, what they put out here on this. So look, right now, I'm going to color this one intrigued. I'm going to check the intrigued box as far as uh, will I, won't I go to watch the movie. I'm going to say I'm intrigued. I'm waiting on that first trailer, of course, like the rest of you, to figure out what angle they're taking. As we get more news, we will pass it on to you, of course. Um, but I will say I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this. Um, let's talk. Let's stay in more casting news. Okay, so last week we broke that Will Smith will no longer be part of Suicide Squad 2. Suicide Squad 2 obviously is going to be written and directed by one James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy fame prior to his fall from grace with a certain mouse. Um, and let me... God damn it. Like, I, I don't even... Okay, look. This casting news is one of the more obvious, laziest sort of things that you could possibly get. Okay, so Deadshot played, Deadshot played by, look, it's like this. If you were going to cast somebody to replace Will Smith, right? If you're going to cast somebody to replace Will Smith, I'm going to bet money, money, I'm going to put real money down that one of the first names that's going to crop up is going to be Idris Elba. Right? Like, like, this is such a soccer mom sort of casting sort of thing. Like, they, it's like they couldn't come up with any other, like, 40-ish year old looking black man to play Deadshot. So they, or to, to play the character. So you're thinking to yourself, um, how about Idris Elba? I think he might be available. What do you think? Do you think that's a good casting decision? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, why not? Let's, let's, let's see if he's available, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Who, who doesn't like Idris Elba, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Idris Elba. I'm a big fan. I've seen everything he's done. Like, I, I saw the first, like, three episodes of Luther. I thought he's really, really good. That that's kind of feels like what it would be like in that, in that room as they're trying to draw this casting decision up, right? 
Like, I mean, look, I'm not saying Idris is not going to do a good job because it, Idris Elba hasn't been bad in a goddamn thing he's ever done. Like, he, he classed up Ghost Rider 2. Like, really, he classed that thing up. His Frenchish accent over there, that was brilliant. He, if he can make that, that seem decent, yeah, he's going he's gonna to make this movie look, he's going to make this better. And honestly, you know the best thing about this and why I love this casting decision is because Idris is going to do what's right for the movie, not what's right for himself, right? Like, if there's one thing that I got to say I'm critical of Will Smith about, and I'm a big fan of Will Smith, is that when he's in movies, he's the star of the goddamn movie. There's no question about who is in this movie and who's the celebrity and who's the star or whatever there's none of that it is will goddamn smith and that is the end of discussion he is the star he has co-stars there's usually a female lead or whatever but he's the star this is not going to be an issue with idris elba he's happy to take on background roles he's happy to be on screen for 10 20 minutes and just that play a supporting character provided the character has because provided the character has dialogue that he can work with he's going to be fine and look james gunn will provide him with with dialogue he can work with and maybe we might we might actually get to see the funnier side of of idris elba because he's a funny guy he's a legit funny dude and i think that this is going to be a great decision in the long run provided james gunn doesn't uh, you know shoot himself in the foot or you know get on twitter again <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, let's move right along. Uh, do we have any more casting news? Um, no, I don't think, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, no more casting news. All right, uh, let's get on to some of the more, the bigger topics of the day. Okay, let's discuss this, okay? Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes have just released the score from critics regarding Captain Marvel. Yes, Captain Marvel has come in as certified fresh from the Rotten Tomatoes website. A big flipping surprise, man. Like, look, if you, if you listened to me last week on the podcast, you would know that I am in 1,000% support of this movie. Because and, and also the casting, there's nothing about this movie that I don't like from a casting point of view, from a writing point of view, from a scripting point of view. Um, I like Captain Marvel. I like everything about Captain Marvel. Um, look, people are saying that like, oh, no, we don't want Brie Larson in there. She's so opinionated and she's so opinionated and such an SJW. And I don't want like my Marvel comic book movies to be saturated with social justice warrior sort of BS, man. I don't want to politicize this. And I'm like, you clearly don't read any of the comic books, do you? Because if you read even like, just pick up a Captain Marvel comic book, just peruse the Captain Marvel books, and you will find that Captain Marvel is an opinionated woman. She is a highly opinionated, social justice warrior-y sort of woman. She is She's a strong woman who doesn't take any crap from anybody, who is going to kick ass and take names. Um, and she, 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 even if she's wrong, even if she's wrong, she will stand her ground, but she's not afraid of being wrong. She just 
if she thinks she what she's doing is right, she's going to say and do what she feels is right. And that kind of is what people are complaining about regarding Brie Larson. I'm like, this is perfect casting, and I'm going to enjoy it on the merits of what it is, um, on, on the merits of the movie itself. Now, some other people seem to be in their feelings about this. I'm not against that. I'm not against you having a, an opinion, feeling one way or the other regarding Brie Larson. Um, we put a, a question up on our Facebook and Instagram pages, uh, as well as the group, and it, we got some really great responses. Most people don't really care whether or not about a, char- a person's political views or the actor themselves and whatnot. And I don't care either. I personally just don't give a crap whether or not the actor is a po- political person or whatnot. I care about whether the movie is good. And based on the critics, after 146 different critical votes, it would appear that the movie is a good movie. They say that uh, we've gotten reviews such li- such as, oh, the movie is. It once it gets going, it is. It uses the formula really, really well, the standard Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe uh, formula. It uses it brilliantly well. Um, we've got opinions such as, this movie is just a. a a fun romp through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it helps take them see the universe forward by going backwards, which is exactly what we predicted it would do, and how it had to work. Um, you gotta listen to us more, people. You gotta tell a friend. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it out here. I'm predicting shit right now on this thing. I've been on a roll regarding this. I said Captain Marvel would work. I think that Captain Marvel is gonna is gonna do well. I predicted one of two things, okay, over the next couple of weeks. You can prove me wrong on this. I said that Captain Marvel will be rated worse than, than Wonder Woman, but would make more money, or conversely, it would make less money, but be rated higher than Wonder Woman once all the reviews are out. And, well, based on the pre-sales, Captain Marvel could be an absolute chock-a-block, like, this just big seller for Marvel. And I predict it will be. I'm going to see it once, maybe twice. I'm going to take my daughter to watch it. Um, I did take my daughter to watch Wonder Woman, by the way. She didn't really like it. Um, but maybe she was young. She, maybe she'll appreciate Captain Marvel. I don't know. But I, I, I do think that you, everybody needs to take their daughters to watch all of these movies, first and foremost. But like when there is a, a woman who is the lead... Um, and who isn't going to take any crap from anybody and is strong and independent and all that, all that good stuff. You should take your kids to watch it, both your boys and your girls. They should especially watch these ones because it's going to help inform them of how to act and behave and how to, how to treat each other, you know? Anyway, that's my own personal opinion. Use it, don't use it. You know, give me shit. I would love to ha- hear your opinions on it. Um, I think that Captain Marvel is going to do big things at the box office. I think that it is a is going to l- end up being a great movie. And even the critics who are review bombing it are um, are going to. Oh wait, before I go any further about review bombing, um, y'all checked out the fact that like IMDb is getting now re- is uh, Captain Marvel on IMDb is getting review bombed now that the the the, the, the door is no longer open at Rotten Tomatoes. I just don't understand the idea of being able to put out a review for a movie that hasn't come out yet. That makes no goddamn sense. It makes no sense. It needs to be regionally locked so then, like, 
once people once the movie once the movie's out in theaters or has been released then you can start reviewing it anything else makes no sense at all anyway um all right um we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we're going to start talking about the Netflix uh controversy regarding Steven Spielberg and um, how Ben Affleck jumped in on it, maybe to his uh, chagrin, maybe he shouldn't have, I don't know. But we're going to talk about that as well as yet bring in Yazzie for some under and overs. And uh, yeah, that's going to be the show. Um, so yeah, we're going to play a couple songs now. Um, I don't know what they are. We're going to add them later. I'm recording these late at night. So, you know, use it, don't use it, whatever. We'll check you on the flip side, people. I'll tell you a story before it tells itself I lay out all my reasons You say that I need help We all got expectations And sometimes they go wrong But no one listens to me So I put it in the song They tell me think with my head Not that thing in my chest They got their hands at my neck this time But you're the Sit in their heads I'll tell you all my secrets And you tell all your friends Hold on to your opinions And stand by what you say In the end it's my decision So it's my fault when it ends They tell me think with my head Not that thing in my chest They got their hands at my neck this time But you're the one that I want If that's really so wrong I lay out all my reasons You'll say that I need help We all got expectations And sometimes they go wrong But no one listens to me So I put it in this song They tell me think with my head Not that thing in my chest They got their heads at my neck this time But you're the one that I want If that's really so wrong Say no, 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 no,
was young I fell in love, we used to old hands, man, that was enough yeah. Then we grew up, started to touch Used to kiss underneath the light on the back of the bush I know your daddy didn't like me much And he didn't believe me when I see you with a wall Every day, she find a way out of the window to sneak out late She used to meet me on the east side In the city with a sun all set And every day you know that we ride through the back streets of a blue Corvette I just wanna leave tonight We can go anywhere we want Drive down to the coast Jump in the sea Just take my hand and come with me, yeah We can do anything if you put a mind to it Take your whole life, then you put a line through it My love is yours if you're willing to take it Give me a heart, cause you're gonna break it So come away, started today Starting the light together in a different place We know that love is how all these ideas came to be And everything in between And then uh, suddenly We're 10, 23 And then we got pressure for taking our life more seriously We got a dead-end jobs And got bills to pay Have old friends and now our enemies And now I'm thinking back To when I was young Back to the day when I was falling in love He used to meet me on the east side In the city where the sun goes set And every day you know where we'd ride Through the back streets in a blue Corvette And baby, you know I just wanna leave tonight Hey, welcome Black Blurds. Did I say welcome Black Blurds? Same difference, right? Anyway, uh, welcome back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that little musical interlude. Um, so what are we talking about now? Oh, uh, before I talk, we get into the discussion regarding... Uh, uh, Steven Spielberg and the whole Netflix thing. I just wanted to offer up my point of view on this um, this apparent rush hour reboot or whatever that they're doing. They're going to do a new rush hour apparently, but in classic Hollywood form, they're going to just gender swap everybody. I'm not saying that the Chris Tucker's role is going to be the same name, but like instead of what what is his name anyway? Like Michael. Let's say it's, it's Michael and then they call him Michelle. That's, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do and it's the same thing. They're just literally going to just say, yeah, okay, it'll be like the old one, but like with like two broads. How about that, huh? You like them apples? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Look, Hollywood, like, uh, this, this frustrates me to no end. There are movies that can be made 
starring women that don't have to use the same formula as the one that was done by men. I, I, I can't even think of an, of, an, of an example where this was as successful as the version with the men. Like, as successful. Never mind more successful. When, if anybody, anybody can figure out, can tell me a time when the, the, the version with, the, the, the female version of a movie, of the, same, of the same movie, was more successful or as successful, as successful, let's just say as successful as the men, men's version. Like, Ocean's 8, not as good as Ocean's 11. I mean, it might have beaten out Ocean's 12 or 13, I don't know. But, like, it didn't beat out Ocean's 11. And it was supposedly the first one of its kind, right? It didn't beat it out. Don't do that. Just give it its own name. Give it its own history. Give it its own background. Make movies for women. Have women write movies for women. Have men write movies for women for with female leads. That's what we need to do. We need to just create more characters that are female. Not say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's Rush Hour, but, 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 but with women. <laughs> see, see, we're like Terminator, but like it's Terminator, but like now she has tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it? No, no. Okay, whatever. It just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Just start doing stuff for women. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Spielberg's or Spielberg running his mouth this week. Okay, so. Everyone knows what happened last uh, a couple weeks ago with Roma. Uh, what ha- been, has been happening over the course of this awards season with Roma, um, the Mexican movie uh, that, that has was nominated for and won several awards over the course of um, this awards season that ended just recently with the Oscars, and it was one of the favorites to actually win the Oscar itself uh, for best movie. Um, it picked up a whole bunch of other things like Best Director at the Oscars. It's the first time that's ever happened. A streaming, a movie that came out on a streaming format that was, that, that, that picked up a Best Director award, you know, that won any award. This is huge. It was, it was, it sent huge tidal waves throughout the industry. And, um, we have, we, we had some evangelists, you know, traditional, uh, movie-making evangelists coming out, and they, they discussed it. One of them was namely one Steven Spielberg. And he tends to hold the view that they should be completely restricted from the Oscars. That we should have a... That, that there should be no Oscars, nominations, or anything for uh, movies that come out on streaming formats because they don't, ha- they don't have to take any risks by coming out uh, for theaters. And, you know, he does bring up a point. He does bring up a point because look, there's no lie. Let's let's talk about the the practicalities of actually going to the cinema, okay? The practicalities of that. In order to go to the cinema, for most people, let's say for me, for me, this is how I choose to go to the movies, okay? First and foremost, I will have identified weeks beforehand when I am free, when I'm free to go to the cinema. Then I will try and figure out what movie I'm going to watch when I'm there. Not, I won't try to figure it out. I want to know that I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to watch this movie. I'm Like, Captain Marvel's coming out. I know I'm going to watch Captain Marvel at the cinema and want to figure out when it is and then w- figure out when I'm going to be free in order to be able to do this. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to be able to watch it on Tuesday next week. So um, there's that. Um, so that's when the review for that is going to come out. Uh, so next week, we're going to do a review of Captain Marvel. Um, anyway, 
Um, so yeah, now now once I've picked it out, then I have to like start thinking about okay, what am I gonna wear? What am I gonna do? Uh, with, am I gonna go with somebody? Am I not? I'm gonna I have to organize those people. Am I gonna get snacks? Am I gonna get snacks? I, I, I want to get snacks. Oh my god, but they're so expensive. They're like. 10 bucks, 10, 20 bucks for, for popcorn, for crying out loud. Okay, okay, can I sneak anything in? I can sneak something in. Yeah, yeah, I think I can sneak something in. Oh, wait, I, that means I need to wear the right kind of pants. That means the clothes I was going to wear don't work. That means I have to go change clothes. That means I have to get the ones with the deeper pockets. Or maybe a bag. No, may, can I get in there with a backpack? Will they search the backpack? Uh, maybe, will they search that other compartment? No, they're not going to search that other compartment. No, no, um, what I have to, what I, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get this done? You know, these are the concerns that come up. You know, when you're going to watch a movie. There are none of those when you're watching streaming. Which means that if you have none of those concerns, you, you know, hell man, you can have pot roast. You can have pot roast with mash and gravy and like broccoli on the side. You can make dinner and then go watch three movies. You can watch three movies, just crush three movies on a streaming format, right? You can watch like all of them, three movies. You, you, we could watch like, let's say Bright, Roma, and, 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 and a quiet place. We could have watched them all one time, one night. You can't, that does, just doesn't, simply put, doesn't happen with the cinematic experience because you have to, it's, it's, it's a different experience. You know, the, what going out is, is, it's an event in, in a way. You know, it's a social event. And in that respect, I understand what Steven Spielberg is saying. That said, I've been, if you listened earlier last year, I brought up a topic on the um, on the podcast a few weeks ago, a few months ago, regarding where is the next Kevin Smith going to come from? Where is the next? Um, where's the next uh, Tarantino? Where's the next? Do you know what I mean? Like the next writer director, sm- small budget writer director. Where are they going to emerge from? How can they even emerge? How can they? Because everyone's, all these big studios are going for, for these huge, huge blockbusters with, which cost tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to make. You're not going to trust a first-time director with that kind of money. You're just not. But where the, where's the opportunity to be seen? Where's the opportunity for their art to be seen? Not everyone's going to get picked for Sundance. Not everyone's going to get picked for... You know, you know uh, Tribeca. Not everyone's going to get, get that opportunity. But you know where you can get that opportunity, get your, your movie seen on a streaming service. Because it's relatively low risk. They don't have to advertise it for you. You, could, you can make the movie, put it on their format, provided it meets you know, certain quality, um, quality uh, restrictions, etc., etc. Once that happens, yeah, there's almost no barriers to entry. And in the same way, that Amazon came about and just destroyed. Like, like let's, let's face it, it crushed Barnes & Nobles. And Netflix came by and crushed Blockbuster. All these new streaming formats and streaming uh, media formats and all that stuff, this is my prediction. They're going to crush the cinema. Soon, cinema prices are go- cinemas are gonna have to go boutique. They're gonna have to do what they want, what they were originally, what they're saying. They're gonna have to lean into being an event. That look, yeah, the ticket now costs. It's not ten, twelve dollars anymore. It's now twenty dollars. But now, 
it's more boutique. It is now instead of you that those cramped stadium seats, now we're getting sofas and we're getting all that stuff. And those are that's the way to go watch a movie. It's an event to go watch a movie. They have to lean into it. Don't 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 sit here and complain and say that oh, but we're not doing all of that. No, 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 no. Streaming is here to stay. There's no getting away from streaming. And the fact that we have huge businesses like Amazon and Disney and Warner Brothers leaning into streaming means it is here to stay. There's no avoiding streaming. So I'm sorry, Mr. Spielberg, but there's just no way that like you're going to get rid of streaming. But now let's talk about in terms of awards. Should they be allowed into the awards? I'm, I'm undecided. I'm undecided so far. I'm undecided for a couple of reasons, okay? Firstly, I would say pro, yes, they should be allowed because it's, after all, it's just a movie. And if it's seen by the right people and it's, once something gets made and it's a, a feature length, it's over an hour, 15 minutes, why can't it get judged by um, a, a, a group of people and, 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 and talked about and seen? Why can't, why not? Why not? You know, like it's an hour 15, it meets the requirement of being a feature length film. It's not a short. So why can't it be seen? And also, they used to have, on TV, they used to have TV movies all the time. Movies that just came out on television. Those could have been nominated in the Oscars if they were good enough. Like all this time, like seriously, like uh, all those Lifetime movies, they could, those could get nominated. There's nothing holding them back from being nominated from, from the Oscars. Nothing at all. So why not? Why not allow streaming in? But on the other side, what does it say about the industry? Because now, streaming movies can be way more prolific. They can be way more prolific. They, they, they're, they're cheaper to make because the marketing budget is lower because you don't really, anything that's new. Now, now it, if you come out with a movie that's, start, that's like, um, let's look at Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy, right? That's not a movie, it's a series. But Umbrella Academy was... It, it kind of had all the hashtags if I, cause that, I, that would show up for me. Not just in new, but like new that I would like. Like it, it has all the hashtags, so it's going to crop up in my search history, on my search and recommended for me by Netflix. Whereas a movie that's coming out in cinema just won't be seen. I, 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 there's no hashtags that would, there's nothing that, that aggregates and tries to figure out what I like in terms of at the cinema. Because there's so many people. I have to know before I go there what I'm going to watch. I have to know. I have to make that decision before I go there. There's nothing that tells me. So it's harder to be seen. Making movies is difficult, people. It is hard. It is hard work making movies. And then going there, the, the experience, making movies for people in a cinema is hard work. Make no mistake. These people are working super duper hard. And they worked hard at making movies, giving you the best possible experience in the cinema. Now, that means we have to change the whole way we make films. That means we have to change the way we rate films and everything like that. So in that respect, yeah, they shouldn't be allowed in. So I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth. I would love to hear what you guys say. I just put up uh, something on, the, on our Facebook page and, and whatnot. So that's going to be up the whole week, and we're, we're going to talk about it more next week. Um, I'd like to hear your opinions on it, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that ideally, th there's another solution. It's a slightly inelegant solution, and that is to say, why don't we just give them their own award show? Why don't Disney, Warner Brothers, all these guys group together, create an independent body that's managed by all of them that is just for streaming? 
you know, the Oscars are for movies, the Emmys are for TV, the Tonys are for musicals. Why don't we create a new body, a new award show that is just for streaming services? That's a slightly inelegant solution, but it works. And in a lot of ways, there's enough content. There's enough content to judge it. So why don't they do that? I think that all these guys would love getting in suits and, you know, jerking each other off at these things anyway. So, you know, it's not going to take a hot long for all these actors to say, I'm, I'm going to the streaming awards or whatnot. The streamies. Yeah, that's what they should call it, the streamies. Yeah, they should, and the, the award, the, the trophy should be like just a wave. Just, just, just a wave or an RSS. How about that? Yeah, I think I just came up with something there. That's pretty hot. Anyway, I like it. Listen, guys, um, I'm I'm tuning out now. You're gonna hear from Yazzie. She's gonna bring us the um, she's gonna bring us some her over and under take this week. And um, but I'm tuning out, so let me say goodbye. And uh, it's over to uh, you, uh, Yazzie. Bye. Okay. So in Houston, in a couple months, um, the Comic Con season sort of starting up with a whole bunch of um, events that are based on comic books and all that kind of stuff and anime. So it had me thinking. Now, I know I'm going to be getting a lot of stick for this, but it's something that I realized, and even though I do it myself, I kind of feel like cosplaying is kind of overrated, if you really think about it. And let me say why I think this, firstly. Because a lot of the time for these conventions, majority of people go as the known, well-known, you know, top five, top ten, you know, outfits. So it's like there's like 20,000 people all looking like Batman, 20,000 people looking like Batgirl, 20,000 look, people looking like Wonder Woman, 20,000 people looking like um, Sailor Moon characters. It's it's all the same. No one, there's like a small percentage of people who actually go as someone you may have never even heard of. And it becomes a thing of, okay, so yes, just going for the sake of going not really because you actually know what you're doing. Like if there've been so many Harley Quinns that I've seen in photos that it's actually just boring to look at these people now. When I see photos online of Comic-Cons that people have gone to and they've all, you know, done the cosplaying thing, they all look exactly the same. Like, you will have a photo of a Harley Quinn in the background. There's, like, 20 other Harley Quinns there. It's like, come on. There are rare gems that I've found on social media where people are actually doing side characters that you'd never even think to cosplay. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is why I enjoy cosplaying. Because of those people who find those rare gems who are like, okay, you know what? Someone's going as Batman. All right, I'm going to go as his parents and just be dead in front of every single Batman I see. And different stories recently. I think just yesterday I saw a story about um, these two people who went as um, Bruce Wayne's parents. 
and literally every single batman they saw they just dropped dead and i'm like okay if they could do that that obviously means that there were way too many batman there firstly that alone was like mm, too many bat batman characters walking around for them to be doing that secondly it's like hell yeah like good on you for choosing a character that you could do something like that with so that got me excited but now i'm like okay even though i feel like it's overrated what am i gonna wear for this comic-con season that's coming up here in houston and that's if i even get to go because there is one in april one in may i think there's another in june and there's another in, in july and i'm like oh my god that's like four back to back and i have no idea what i'm even gonna wear for the first one let alone all four so as much as i think it's overrated i'm not gonna stop doing it i love to get dressed up for things like this it allows me to pull out my creative side and see what things i can come up with like even if i even if i were to go as you know oh my god harley quinn how can i make that my own harley quinn without it necessarily looking exactly like all the other harley quinns you know that's usually what i try to do so i am looking forward to this comic-con season here i will definitely be trying to figure out new ways to cosplay from now on because I don't want to do the same thing that's been done. I'm bored of that. I want to try doing something new. And with my newfound love for anime, I think I might start trying to go as characters from some of the stuff I've watched recently, especially some of the older stuff that isn't talked about as often. So we'll see. It might be something interesting for me to try out. And who knows i might take you guys along the journey with me apart from that what else has been going on in my blurred world oh so there was another topic that came up with um some people i was talking to recently and they were talking about like pc gaming and it, it occurred to me that I don't actually know a lot of people who are solely PC players. Majority of people I talk to are PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Very few people actually are solely PC. And that I found really interesting because... I grew up only playing PC games. I only got a PS1 like years after it had been out. And after I got that, I played with it for like maybe a couple months, maybe a year. And when it got stolen, I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't really care. I still got my PC and all my games on that. So I played majority of my gaming life was PC. 
unfortunately now it's it's not really being pushed in my life as much because you know when when you have African parents who don't believe that games are something you should be playing once you turn a certain age and more so as a woman they tend to not really care to try and indulge in your quote-unquote passions but I still find myself every now and then like just thinking man I could use a good PC game Unfortunately, I found myself in the realms of Sims games and things like Harry Potter. And as much as those are brilliant and fun for me, I've always wanted to get out of those sort of games and just broaden my scope of gaming in terms with with PC world. So I think it's not something that's talked about enough, not something that's indulged up indulged in enough and that to me is sad it's very very sad I I think I think we need to come to an era where a lot more people are gaming on their PCs I mean firstly to me it is much cheaper than getting a whole new console almost every other year just to keep up yeah no no what needs to happen is that we need to make pc games more compatible with well not more compatible we need to get more ranges in pc games which will allow more people to just focus on playing pc games because they're brilliant and it's a sad thing that people aren't playing more of them i mean i could be wrong but in the circles i've talked i've been in and people i've talked to it's not something that's being done and it's quite sad. Hopefully people get on their PCs and leave the consoles alone. Leave them alone.